This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. Often on this podcast, we're talking about some of the top teams in the Premier League and Champions League. But on this show, we are going to be getting the inside track on MK Dons, who welcomed the European champions to Stadium NK on Wednesday night for a Carabao Cup third round tie. And to help me do that, I had the pleasure of speaking to Toby Locke, who covers the League One club as part of his role as the sports editor of the Milton Keynes Citizen. Now, if we're being honest, this will not be anywhere near the top of the list when it comes to Liverpool's biggest games of a season that promises so much but the same cannot be said of MK Dons for whom it will be the biggest night in their 15 year history Toby gives us the lowdown on why that's the case whether there's any chance of a repeat of the club's 4-0 win over Manchester United in the same competition five years ago the players Liverpool should look out for the MK Dons manager Paul Tisdale and what he gave Jurgen Klopp the last time he came across the Reds boss and MK Dons' standing in the local and wider footballing community after their controversial relocation to to Milton Keynes from South London in 2004. Thanks for joining me and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red channel. Well, hi Toby. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to talk MK Dons versus Liverpool. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very well. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. Really nice to have you on. Uh, it is Liverpool's first ever trip to Milton Keynes Don, so there is a, a sense of intrigue about this fixture. But I imagine the main feeling in the town is is one of excitement that the, the European champions are coming to Milton Keynes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not a game that, that turns up in on Milton Keynes' doorstep every week, you know? playing in League One and League Two, you don't often get the champions of Europe popping, popping their heads <laughs> in the door to say hello. Um, so, yeah, as soon as the draw was made, everybody was was, was buzzing, everybody was excited and, um, well, clamouring for tickets, really. Yeah, and I believe it's a sellout crowd we're expecting on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, um, it's going to be 29,000. Um, we're thinking it's probably going to be the biggest um, attendance for football. Um, there have been a few rugby games and obviously with no segregation involved in, in rugby games, um, I think they reached about 30,000 in a couple of the World Cup games back in 2015. But fingers crossed, this should be um, the biggest crowd for football. Is it fair to say this is the biggest night in the in this club's history? We'll go on to talk about what happened 15 years ago with the breakaway from, from Wimbledon. But is, is this the biggest night for Milton Keynes-Dons, would you say? Um, I'd say it probably is, yeah. Um, I think everybody remembers the night uh, where Dons beat Manchester United and I don't think they were quite at the peak of their powers at the time um, but coming up against Liverpool who are the best team in the country best team in Europe um, it's hard to find a better f- a football team to be playing against to be honest and um, yeah I think everybody everybody's looking forward to that and, and the fact that as I said earlier you don't see these teams every day and it's just going to be a, a fantastic occasion like many places in this country and around the world, Liverpool are an absolutely huge football club. Is there a, a smattering of, of Liverpool supporters in Milton Keynes? Or is, 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 do you think that will be boosted by by the amount of people who are actually going to the game on Wednesday night? Um, I think, well, absolutely. The intrigue of, of people wanting to come and watch Liverpool will be huge. And yeah, of course, I mean, like every Premier League team, it feels like sometimes when um, when you talk about, uh, talk to, about football to people in Milton Keynes, they obviously... Most of them support a Premier League team and Liverpool is no different. You'll go to a, a bar on a, on a Saturday and if they're playing in the early kickoff, or the late kickoff, there'll be Liverpool fans there. Similarly on Sundays, if they're on Super Sunday, they'll, you know, there'll always be Liverpool shirts walking around the shopping centres as well. So, you know, 
it's <laughs> Milton Keynes is the same as everywhere else, to be honest. There's always Liverpool fans, Manchester United fans, Tottenham fans kicking about. Totally understand that. Before we get on to actually Liverpool and MK Dons, let's just go back to that Manchester United game five years ago because I'm sure it was one. Liverpool fans were absolutely loving it at the time. It was a 4 0 <laughs> victory, but at the, the second round stage of this competition, is there any hope or expectation that, well, let's let's face it, I'd be absolutely amazed if it's 4 0 again, but do you think, is there any chance of an upset on, on Wednesday night? Honestly, it will really depend on what team Jurgen Klopp decides to play. Um, if he goes super young, because as I understand it, uh, there's a, a, a leasing.com trophy game as yes, well, isn't there, on the yes. same night. So that will probably influence the sort of team that he picks. He could go, you know, he could pick the under 16s realistically, couldn't he? And, and, and put that team out and still be playing under the Liverpool badge. And MK Dons probably would have a bit of a bit of a game on their hands, even, even with the youngsters. I can't foresee that there there would be another upset like that. I think everybody looks at that Manchester United game now and sees it as a as a potential banana skin and no one wants to walk away from this game being being embarrassed, you know? I mean, Chelsea came here during um when when Dons were in the championship the year after um they'd beaten Manchester United and absolutely put Dons to the sword by naming a very strong team and running out five one winners. So I think people now look at coming to Stadium MK as a bit of a banana skin and they don't want to be that team that was embarrassed and you know, beating Manchester United 4-0, that made ripples all over the world. Everybody sat up and looked at that one and, and I'm pretty sure Liverpool won't be wanting to be the next victim. Definitely. So what kind of form uh, MK Don's in? We know they were relegated two seasons ago into League Two, one promotion back to League One last season. How have they started this season? Um, well, they win one or lose one. There's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no in between at the moment. They are an, they are an absolutely typical mid-table team. Um they come into it in, in sort of strange form. A couple of Saturdays ago, they absolutely put Blackpool to the sword, which was a bit of a surprise um, result given how well Blackpool had started the season. And beating, beating them 3-0 at Bloomfield Road was a, was a real result. And then back-to-back home games on Tuesday night against Ipswich, who are one of the favourites to win the title and were awful the first half and brilliant the second half. Absolutely, you know, had them backs to the wall, but just couldn't score. Then... Saturday came around and you're thinking, you know, this is this is the time to kick on. Southend haven't won a game all season long. And lo and behold, they score after five minutes and they just shut up shop for the rest of the game. So it, Dons are just so patchy. They can't find any sort of consistency, uh, consistency at the moment. Whether or not they've underestimated what League One is about or whether or not they're just finding their feet still in this at this level. It's, it's, it's tough to call. I think they're just your basic mid-table League One side at the moment. And that's that's really where they are. Um, I think there's a lot of people that need to come to terms with that in and around the club. And frankly, if they're expecting promotion this season, well, maybe they might have their head in the clouds a little bit. But, you know, a, a decent season and, and hoping to be in and around the playoff mix come the end of the season would be would be nice, I think. No doubt every player who pulls on a MK Don shirt on Wednesday night will be particularly motivated given it is Liverpool. But who are the players you think Liverpool fans should look out for on, on Wednesday night? Um, it's a hard one because I think the, the key players are probably out injured at the moment. Um, Alex Gilby is nursing a bit of an injury. He's the midfield engine. Um, there's Reese Healy as well, who's a centre-forward. Don signed from Cardiff in the summer and he was the man that I think everybody had sort of hitch their ride to thinking Reese will be the guy to, to fire in all the goals, but he's out for now three or four months with a thigh problem that he picked up in, in a warm up uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'd have said those two, but at the moment it's looking a bit threadbare. Um, the centre forward, Sam Nombe, he's come out of nowhere, really. He's 
uh, a product of the academy. He's a big, strong brute of a lad. He's 20 years old. He made his league debut a few weeks back through through needs must really, and scored four goals in three uh, in three quick uh, quick fire games, and has become Don's leading man as a result. And he likes to bully defenders as to whether or not he'll be able to do that against the, the caliber of defender that Liverpool have is is a wholly different story. But he's a, he's a big brute of a lad and. He's got pace. He's powerful, and I think he's he at the moment is is the man that everyone is uh, is looking at to to do things for MK Dons. Tell us a little bit about the manager Paul Tisdale, uh, who's certainly one of the smartest looking managers in English football. Well, that's it. Yeah, he's. Um, I, I particularly remember when I first started doing this job way back in 2010 that Paul Tisdale was always this guy who thought he looks like he's coming fancy dress, but over the years <laughs> Ted Baker has come a bit more to the fore, hasn't it? A bit more acceptable to wear in public and. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a sharp-dressed man at the best of times. And um, he actually told us a story yesterday about what, the first time he met Jurgen Klopp. Oh, he's brilliant. The, um, yeah, brilliant. Exeter manager and um, gave him a flat cap, <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, Paul Tisdale was wearing, is, is known for wearing on the touchline from, from time to time. So as to whether or not Jurgen shows up with the, the flat cap at Stadium MK on Wednesday, I don't know. But, um, yeah, as, as a manager, Paul Tisdale is... is Highly thought of in in the lower leagues, he spent such a long time at Exeter and, and did some quite miraculous things with next to no money um, alongside his name. So he's he's a guy who MK Dons desperately needed. They went through a string of poor choices um, in terms of the management, and basically that's what saw them end up in League Two. And he was the right man at the right time for MK Dons. He got them up at the first time of asking he was the the number one choice that, that that everybody wanted he has sort of split opinion this season because a lot of people aren't quite sure as to what his plan is and i think a lot of people those people in particular don't really want to see a team that's just mid-table they want to see a team fighting for promotion mm-hmm. but unfortunately there's there's got to be a sense of realism and at the moment paul tisdale is building a team for league one but not necessarily for this season but i think for next season to, to really have a go at it um He's a very patient manager. He sticks to his methods. He believes in himself. He believes in the people he has around him. And I think that's his biggest attribute is that he's not just quick fire. If someone's awful on, on a particular day, get them off and stick them in the reserves for a week. That's that's not his style. He'll give them time. And whether or not the fans like it, that's that's a whole different matter. But I think he's, he's a patient guy. And he, at the moment, he's the right man for MK Dons. It's quite interesting that it sounds like there needs to be a period of stability at the club because the two managers who I and imagine a lot of Liverpool supporters associate with MK Dons have got the Liverpool connections. Carl Robinson obviously had a long spell in charge there and Paul Lintz had yeah. a, a couple of spells. Is that is it, is the club almost trying to find itself again about where it is, where it's going, if it's a championship, if it's a league one because it's had a bit of an up and down few years in terms of promotions and relegations. But do you see longer term that MK Dons is a championship club because I know it's been there for one season in the past? Yeah, it's hard to say. At the moment, given how long it's spent in League One over its over its brief history, you've got to look at it as a League One club. And the ambition, it's always great to have ambition, but every football club will have the same ambition in League One, will be to be in the Championship next season. And sometimes it's just not feasible. The way they went up to the Championship, I think they almost went up thinking that they were better than they really were. Realistically, they had an England midfielder in midfield running the show in Delhi Alley that season. And we've all seen what he did as soon as he left MK Dons, he went straight into the Tottenham first team. So, you know, if you've got a player of that caliber driving your midfield, you, you're bound to do great things. Um, so obviously when Dons went up without him, it, it became a massive, massive task to, to just to stay in the division and, and one they didn't really do. I think it took them a, a lot by surprise. 
Um, so what they really need to do now is establish themselves in the league in League One and really work out what on earth they're trying to do um, and and how they can get up to the next level and stay there because they've got the they've got the um, the ground that's so much better than an awful lot of League One grounds. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know the, the training ground has just been announced last week. That's going to be a multi-million pound deal, and that's going to drag them up to the next level in terms of certainly in terms of recruiting players. Um, I think a lot of people will be looking at that training ground and thinking, "Cool, I'd love to come to work here every day." But they just need to sort out what they're going to do once they get up to 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 the championship because it's so much more money involved. And whether or not that means the chairman sticks around, well, that's that's entirely up to him. But I think even he recognises that they'll need something else. To, 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 to help them get into the championship and potentially stay there. Yeah, it does. Everything you're talking about there, the, the ground I've been to it itself, myself, it's a, an excellent facility. We certainly wouldn't look out of place in the championship. Mm. The training ground, the fact that on Wednesday night there's going to be 29,000 fans there. I know it's a lot more than the, the, the average attendance at, yeah. uh, at the stadium, but there is potential there, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Milton Keynes has got best part of 300,000 people living here and you can't really begrudge 10% of those to, to give up a Saturday afternoon and say, come down to watch some football for the afternoon. But for all we thought that it may be getting to the championship would, would kick Dons on into the next sort of, you know, the next 10,000 fans would come through the door. It didn't work like that. And I think what they've learned now is that it's, it's a time and a generational thing. Um, it may be another five or 10 years before we're looking at regular crowds of 20, 25,000 fans. Just because, well, as, as as I'm sure Liverpool fans know, you know, you go with your granddad, you go with your dad, you go with your mum, mm-hmm. you go with your grand, yeah. you know, you go with other family members and you're, and you're brought into it. And I think we're now beginning to see the first sort of generation of those fans who went with their dads early on and are now raised as MK Dons fans. You know, they moved in 2004. So some people will be going to the games now, not knowing Milton Keynes without a football club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they start bringing their families as well, that's when I think the, the the attendances will begin to pick up, but it's just a matter of time, I think. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. It's interesting. It, there's no getting away from it. It was a really controversial move relocating from Wimbledon 15 years ago. From what what you're saying there now, we are now seeing. Uh, real Milton Keynes uh, fans from the area go into this football club because obviously Wimbledon supporters, as is well documented, formed AFC AFC Wimbledon and they're now competing alongside MK Dons in League One. But it feels like there are proper supporters here now. This is a club of the town, Milton Keynes. Yeah, definitely. And when you look at away attendances and you think Dons take five or 600 people on the road with them, and then we see massive established clubs with hundreds of years of history only bringing up, you know, maybe 150, 200 to Stadium MK. You think, you know, these fans are proper MK Dons fans. They're willing to go the miles up and down the motorways to support the football club that many people feel was dropped on their doorstop, uh, doorstep. So it's not, um, you know, there are still people who who will come to the games and will have eyes on other results. You know, the teams they grew up watching. But there are more and more people now who will, will call themselves MK Dons fans primarily and don't look at other results. And th- that's the sort of supportership that, that the club needs and will will only thrive in the, in the next few years. 
understandably, AFC Wimbledon fans or original Wimbledon fans will probably never forgive or forget what happened. Mm. But you, you talked about Delhi Alley there, you talked about going into the community. It does seem like MK Dons have found their place in, in the local and, and the kind of wider football community. I know I've been reading about it today that they do a lot of, they've got a lot of youth teams, haven't they? And they, they go out and about in Milton Keynes. It seems like they're trying to establish their own identity now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember Carl Robinson saying to me one uh, one afternoon on one of his epic 45 minutes press conferences. <laughs> he can chat, can't he? <laughs> oh, can't he just, yeah. Um, but I remember him saying that um, his daughter had come home from school and she said, Dad, 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 I played for MK Dons this afternoon. He said, yeah, but Jasmine, you know where I work. I'm the manager of MK Dons. No, 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 Dad, the real MK Dons, they came to my school. And she was <laughs> she was so excited by the fact that, you know, MK Dons had come to her school to hold, to hold like, training sessions, in, in uh, you know, during PE. So it is getting more and more widespread and... The fact that Dons are so prominent when it comes to all of these sorts of things, you know, even for for charity races up and down the around the lakes, you know, they'll, they'll there might be a player there or there'll be some sort of representative from the club to give out medals, you know, they do all that sort of stuff. And the more they're seen in the in in the public and you know away from the football circles, the, the more impression they're going to give to, to parents who might not necessarily want to take their children to football or might not have considered taking their kids to watch the football it becomes a bit more of a, a place where you think oh do you know what they they've got they've got Milton Keynes best intentions at heart they want to represent the town and you know the more and more you walk around the place the more Don's shirts you see kids who are walking around with their with their you know their jumpers their hoodies or whatever with with don's badges on it it is becoming more and more prominent and um it's great to see because even five years ago i don't think you'd have seen it and i think that certainly the fact that that delhi was a kid who came through and everybody watched him from a 16 year old kid do a back heel on the halfway line for his first touch in professional football and we all thought oh god we've got one of them on our hands and, and he t- <laughs> turned into turned into you know the 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 monster that he is now um but everybody in Milton Keynes loves that you know they they might even go out of their way to watch Tottenham games to to see Delhi and certainly he was the one that everybody was screaming for during the World Cup a couple of years ago and it's great to see that you know Milton Keynes is making a, a decent mark on the on the football map for the right reasons and you know there is no getting away from it what what happened was controversial it, it did rub a lot of people up the wrong way and even Pete Winkleman has said that he wouldn't do it again um he, he went about it the wrong way and and didn't necessarily think that the the repercussions of what happened would be as as vast and as as vicious as they as they actually were. And I think a lot of lessons have been learned, and I don't think we'll ever see it ever again. You've just mentioned Dali Ali once or twice. He's gone on to have a tremendous career with with Tottenham in England. Around that time, there was a, a lot of reports linking him with Liverpool. From from your insider knowledge, your insight, was there a chance he'd ever end up at Anfield before he actually headed to Tottenham? Yeah, I definitely think there was. Um, Brendan Rodgers was, I think, the manager at the time, and he was he was at Stadium MK a lot, an awful lot. And even um, I think we were at a, an FA Cup game in Wigan. And he was sat two rows behind me, so I had the world's press taking my picture, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what I've seen. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what's happened in my drive between Milton Keynes and Wigan that, that I've missed? And then I turned around and saw Brendan Rogers and thought, oh, okay, yeah, maybe they've used their slightly longer lenses to, to get past me. Um, but yeah, Liverpool were definitely players, definitely players. Um, uh, Newcastle were also in with a sniff of him, but they didn't want to to loan him back. Um, Delhi wanted to finish the season in Milton Keynes, um, helped the club get promoted. He felt he owed them that after they gave him a, a, a new bumper deal. 
And I just don't know what happened with Liverpool. I, I, you know, he, he cited Steven Gerrard as a hero of his. Everybody knew that he was a Liverpool fan. I just don't know what went wrong, to be quite honest. And Tottenham came in at the, at the death and, and snagged him away. They paid the money that Dons wanted. They gave Delhi the chance to come back on loan. And all of a sudden, Liverpool weren't players. So whether or not they saw something that they didn't want or didn't like at the time, I don't know. But, you know, he's, he's certainly turned into one of the um, one of the best players in England. Most definitely. Just before I let you go, mate, how do you see Wednesday night going then? Do you think uh, do you think it'd be a comfortable win for Liverpool or do you think MK Dons can, can push them close? Um, to be honest, it's hard to look past the Liverpool win, isn't it? I don't think anybody's predicting um, an upset will be on the cards. For Dons, it's win-win. Um, if they come out of it on top, then they've shocked the world. If they haven't, they've got a 29,000 gate receipt to, to add to their coffers, um, it's going to be a massive financial spinner for them. And if there's a few more bums on seats come the next home game in a few weeks, then it, then it all works out well. Um, in terms of of, of, of of a spectacle, I can't see that Dons have caused Liverpool too many problems. But again, it will depend on, on the side that Liverpool put out. If they put out a team of kids, then Dons have got a sniff. You know, if, if they put out a few second-choice guys, we'll... Maybe they might not want to be in Milton Keynes on, on a Wednesday night when it's chucking it down with rain as it is now. They might, <laughs> they might want to be anywhere else in the world. So if, if Liverpool have an off night and Dons have a great night with a little bit of luck on their side, who knows? But I'm not, I'm not seeing anything past the Liverpool win, to be wholly honest. Good stuff. Just a final one. Is Paul Tisdale going to get uh, another gift for Klopp after the flat cap the first time around um, when he, t- he took him on as an ex as a manager? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't think he will. Um, <laughs> I, think he, I think he learnt his lesson last time. Probably didn't get a Christmas card from Jürgen either. Um, so I don't think Paul Tisdale will be buying him another present. But, you know, don't rule it out. Paul's a very nice bloke. So he may well end up with a with a, uh, a Ted Baker scarf or something. <laughs> Not bad at all. Toby, thanks very much, mate, for your time and enjoy Wednesday night. Hope it goes uh, as well as it can for MK Dons with a, a Liverpool victory at the end of it. <laughs> thanks very much. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.